All right, friends, three-day weekend that for whatever reason I forgot about completely on Friday, so forgive me. Without any notice, I was not here yesterday, nor was anyone in the building. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. Welcome to the What's Right Show, uh, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. So um, the Donald Trump verdict in New York, I promised you on Friday I would cover that Monday. Monday rolled around with a pre-recorded show, so forgive me for that. So here we are in Tuesday. It is not yesterday's news, uh, simply because I think that this shocking and not unexpected, but still shocking development in New York is going to be a topic of conversation for months, if not years to come. There is a reason why investors are not exactly flocking to Venezuela to do business. And there's a simple reason. Venezuela and countries like it make a habit of expropriating, taking money from uh, investors, from, uh, from companies, from individuals who they deem to be politically vulnerable, fleecing them of their uh well, their, their investment, making it state property. And they have a perfectly legitimate reason for doing it, or so they say, right? There's always some legal framework by which it occurs. But the effect that it has on economies like Venezuela's is, um, uh, is, is clear. There is an absolute, uh, well, message that is sent to anyone wanting to b- do business in a jurisdiction like that. Don't do business here. Don't invest. Because your money could, could up and evaporate one day to the next. Somebody in the government could say, well, you know, we don't like that guy or we don't like those people. And their money's fair game. It ought to be public property. It ought to be taken by the government. And end of story. And that's precisely, by the way, I think what will happen here in New York. Kevin O'Leary, who is the Shark Tank investor, he's not a particularly political person. Uh, but Kevin O'Leary, what do they call him, Mr. Wonderful? He's just a nice... He's a nice guy, right? He's just a nice, easygoing guy. And he, um, he had this to say about the Trump verdict, and I think it's important we pay attention to it. It doesn't matter what the governor says. New York was already a loser state. Like California is a loser state. There are many loser states because of policy, high taxes, uncompetitive regulation. It was already on the top of the list of being a loser state. I would never invest in New York now. And I'm not the only person saying that. It's not just the existing businesses that are fleeing out to Texas and Florida. What about new money like this that I'm talking about, like a $4 billion data center? Not a chance I would put that in New York. Zero probability. Never. And so they've got a lot of work to do to find themselves getting out of this situation. This has all occurred post-pandemic. Winner states versus loser states. Look at Tennessee right now. Fastest growing city in America, Nashville. Winner state, good policy, competitive taxes. You've got to start thinking about this in the context of winners and losers. New York, mega loser state. Nothing is more damaging to their brand, to the New York brand for business as instantaneously and suddenly as this verdict. Now, even though we all knew it was coming, right? Let's, let's take this apart. 
because it's important you understand. The allegation is that Trump inflated the value of his assets, which he used to secure collateral, collateralized, right, loans that he took out to build new developments in the city of New York and elsewhere. So Donald Trump borrowed money against existing assets. The allegation, which the judge found persuasive, was that he inflated you know, exaggerated the value of those assets in order to secure those loans. But he used those loans, right, to do what? He used those loans to literally build new buildings and new projects, create new tax bases, create new, you know, if you take, for example, in New York City, if you take, uh, you know, a, a building that is producing you know, has, I don't know, has, has 10,000, 20, 50,000 square feet of, of office space. And you, you tear that down and you replace it with something that has hundreds of thousands of square feet of office space. You do realize that one of the several winners of that project is the city and state of New York. This is something no one's bringing up. So the allegation is he exaggerated assets in order to build new stuff, which in turn created new tax revenue for the jurisdictions where he put that investment. Now, the banks came in and all testified in Trump's favor. No, we weren't harmed. Yes, we did our own evaluations. No, we don't just take the borrower's word that property X is worth, you know, however many dollars. And I'll remind you that the same judge that is gloating in his quote-unquote defeat of Donald Trump is the same judge that found persuasive Letitia James's argument that, for example, Mar-a-Lago, which was one of the properties that was put up as collateral, was worth, what, $15, $16 million? Which is laughable. I've been through this. We've, I've showed you. Even, even, even when Mar-a-Lago was built, if you take what Mar-a-Lago cost originally in the 20s, Marjorie Merriweather Post, the original owner, to develop that property in, you know, in 2024 dollars or even in, in, uh, in, in 20, in 2000 dollars, nowhere near the 16 million claimed by this judge and by Letitia James. So it's just the whole thing is absurd. What is the reason for this case being brought? What is the reason for this verdict coming down the way it did? It all comes down to one thing. They didn't like Donald Trump. So what Kevin O'Leary is getting at here with New York being a loser state is that it is, as, it is dangerous to do business in a place as capricious and as avaricious, right, with envy and political malice as New York. This judge is a complete idiot, but he's more than an idiot. He's dangerous because he's a political animal. And so he goes on to explain, what does this say about the bar, the quality of lawyers and judges in a place like New York? How can you rely on these people to make good judgments and protect your investment as an investor? Back to why New York will lose at the end of the day far more than they will ever gain from this ridiculous shambolic prosecution of Donald Trump. What does this say about the bar, the legal bar 
in New York. Aren't they going to question this judge? What is this? $355 million and there's dollars as a, as a penalty and there's plus interest at 9% and there's no victim? I mean, I'm sorry, her, her words fall on deaf ears to everybody. There's nothing she can say to justify this decision. And this has nothing to do with Trump. Nothing to do with Trump. Forget about Trump. This is not a Trump situation. This is a New York problem now. The whole world is looking at this saying, what are you doing to yourselves? Exactly right. You know, Robbie, I like to bring this back into context. You know, I... When I, was a, when I was a kid, I grew up listening to stories of how my family had been uh, robbed, if there's no other way of putting it, uh, robbed of their various assets following the communist takeover of Czechoslovakia. I grew up with this. You know, well, the communists came in and they, they, they took the factories. The communists came in and they confiscated uh, houses and the villas and they confiscated our forests and they confiscated our furniture and our paintings and everything and I, I, I grew up listening to those stories and as I got older you know and I became more aware of how things were well how did that happen and I would talk to my relatives who were there who had it happen to them and he, he, you know what's interesting if you go back in the um the history of, of, of these communist dictatorships across the world where, uh, where this kind of activity occurred a minute that they took over and began taking money away from the, the wealthy, the bourgeoisie, and the aristocracy, there were, there, were, there were legal justifications for it. For example, um, there was a, a brief but, um, but apparently, you know, uh, by the day standards, legal proceeding against one of my relatives who was claimed to have been hiding money. You know, he had some, uh, I guess, some amount of cash in the house. World War II, right? Gold. He had some gold coins. And those were discovered. Somebody ratted him out that he had some gold coins, and that was justification for a tax evasion case against him. And on that basis, they took everything from him that he had. Those of you celebrating this quote-unquote victory against Trump, shame on you. You're actually despicable people. You have no idea what right and wrong is. You are perfectly willing to contort the law to meet your short-term political interests. And mark my words, just as I've discovered to be the case in my parents' uh, home country where the law was thus contorted to meet political uh, ends, short-term ends. In the end of the day, everyone lost, and it became a truly despicable regime that trampled uh, over everyone's uh, civil rights, not just the wealthy, not just the quote-unquote despicable or distasteful. They'll come after Trump. They'll come after you next. And nobody will be around to defend you when that happens because, of course, by that point, uh, this behavior, a type of behavior that occurred in New York will be normalized. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840 KXNT, you're listening to The Woods Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right.
If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Hi, welcome back. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. All right. Yes, yes, yes. I know the the verdict. Well, the and the truckers out there across the country, infuriated by the verdict in New York against Donald Trump, and have decided, or are threatening at least, to go out there and protest by not delivering loads. To New York. An interesting proposition. All right, but let's go back for a minute, if I may. Friday afternoon, Letitia James said that Donald Trump committed a staggering fraud and that no one, not anyone, is above the law. No matter how rich, powerful, or politically connected you are, everyone must play by the same rules. We have a responsibility to protect the integrity of the marketplace. And for Ah. years... Donald Trump engaged in deceptive business practices and tremendous fraud. The court, once again, ruled in our favor and in favor of every hardworking American who plays by the rules. The scale and the scope of Donald Trump's fraud is staggering. And so too is his ego and his belief that the rules do not apply to him. Today, we are holding Donald Trump accountable. Because there cannot be different rules for different people in this country. This decision is a massive victory for every American who believes in that simple but fundamental pillar of our democracy. That the rule of law applies to all of us equally, fairly, and justly. Thank you. Okay, this woman is so despicable, I can't even begin. But look, there's an important line in here. And this is something that all of the Trump haters out there are hanging on to uh, because they're saying basically this, the scope of this fraud is so big and so staggering. It's so exceptional that it requires this type of action, which is unprecedented. There's never been a case like this ever brought. And she says, today we're holding Donald Trump accountable because there cannot be different rules for different people in this country. Now, this is quite literally nonsense because every investment banker every developer every person right left center whatever has said this is absurd and kathy hochel who is the uh well she's the uh, new ish governor of new york she was uh recently uh, elected to her first uh full term in office she took over for uh andrew cuomo uh, when he was booted, but regardless, Hochul uh, comes out and, and she's doing a uh, roundtable uh, on a uh, talk show, WABC in New York. Uh, fun fact, by the way, I did one time uh, broadcast or twice broadcast uh, my show from WABC uh, many years ago when I was in the LA market and I had uh, was in New York on 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 business and I had to do my show and I went into those studios to broadcast it live Uh, it was a great experience but she was in there in studio doing an interview uh, and um, and this is she said something here that I think directly contradicts what Letitia James what Letitia James is trying to make as a point no matter how 
This judge determined that Donald Trump did not follow the rules. He was prosecuted. And I think that this is really uh, an extraordinarily unusual circumstance that the law-abiding and rule-following New Yorkers who are business people have nothing to worry about because uh, they're very different than Donald Trump and his behavior. Oh, well, what? so y'all have nothing to worry about. I mean, I heard, yes, law-abiding, but I think what she means is politically inactive, politically acceptable, not socially reprehensible the way Trump is to these people. New Yorkers who are business people have nothing to worry about because they're very different than Donald Trump and his behavior. Kind of undermines the whole idea that everyone's equal under the law. That's the line that they've been going with, and Hochul here stepped in it because she's not particularly bright, and she's trying to be a cheerleader for her state and realizing that they've got a major problem on their hands. They just went after a guy simply because they don't like him. And I've heard many people, by the way, flat out agree with that. They, they too, despise Trump, and so they think that whatever ends are necessary to get him and to eradicate him are acceptable. I've had lawyers who are brilliant attorneys who are fair-minded in every respect, are easy to do business with. I've had lawyers come out and tell me for years now, whatever it takes to destroy Trump. And I said, I've always said to them consistently, would you bend the law? Would you change the rules just to get Trump? Well, you don't, well, you don't need to. I go, but, but you're going to end up doing that. They said, well, that's not true. I said, well, wait a minute. A huge component of the law, and people don't realize this often, is the is prosecutorial discretion. You know, if you can single out, trust me, there are so many rules, so many regulations, that if you single out anyone in this country who is uh, has a history, let's say, a 10-year history of doing business, okay, even if they're self-employed and it's not at scale, same way that Trump was doing business, but you're just a smaller, a smaller company, one or two employees, and you do a deep dive into their finances. I guarantee you, oh, throw, by the way, yeah, throw an unlimited budget, give unlimited money to the prosecutors, let them go for a digging expedition that takes years. They'll find something. The message out of New York is if we don't like you, we will destroy you. We will take everything you have. We will absolutely reduce you to a pile of ash. If you don't think that that has a chilling effect, uh, yeah, you got another thing coming. Now, what's the net net of all of this? I, you know, I think that this will obviously be appealed very quickly. And I think uh, that Trump's chances on appeal are very high because the case is flimsy, all right? Flimsy. And I think they've got some major due process violations. I think this judge should have been stricken from the case from the beginning. I think Letitia James ran on a get Trump uh, platform. I think that this is there's just nothing dispassionate about any of these people who are involved in it. I think the case will get thrown out. So the real loser... The end of the day, right, besides all the money that Trump is going to, of course, have to pay out for his legal fees, but the real loser here will be the state of New York. 
And these Dems, I'm telling you, the, when, when people are afflicted with Trump derangement syndrome, they're perfectly willing to cut their nose off to spite their face. That's a fact. All right, we come back, a little snippet of those truckers that are going to stick it to New York, or at least are threatening to. Could that be effective? And of course, Kamala Harris now talk ramping up about her lying in wait to become the next president with Biden ailing. All of this, not good. Sam Rajovsky, News Talk 840, The What's Right Show will continue after this. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Greetings, friends. Sam Rajofsky here, Nevada's favorite recovering ex-Californian. Uh, great to be here this rainy Tuesday, February 20th, live and local indeed. All right. Truckers out there uh, threatening to refuse service to New York City even New York State, for what happened to Trump. Uh, Here's a montage of truckers that called into Glenn Beck uh, threatening to shut down service to New York. Get a flavor for this. Uh, I I think, well, have a listen and then let me know what you think. I drive into the city probably a couple times a week delivering fresh uh, seafood from the Gulf. I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, I own my own truck and I own my own trailer and I I book my own freight. So finding loads is easy. If, if a bunch of independent truck drivers start doing this, New York City will feel a pinch real quick. But it really won't hurt the trucking industry at all because there's such a demand for drivers. About a month ago, I delivered eight times to the five boroughs. I've already told my dispatch that uh, they're under no circumstances will I be crossing that bridge again. What was dispatch's reaction to that? Uh, I, I actually got, oh, another one. Between 20 and 25 percent of our drivers uh, have refused to go into take any loads into, into New York State anymore. I hadn't heard about the boycott until you mentioned it. I uh, personally you know, made that decision when I heard the, uh, the announcement last week. Yeah, I'm not going to New York City. You'll get the scrubs and the dudes that haven't done it. And let's be honest, that'll be even better. You're going to have accidents. You're going to have traffic tied up. You got guys that can't back up and can't turn. You know, this <laughs> is their first car. Yeah, let them have them. Yeah, this is, there's not a solid organized boycott yet, but it's interesting to hear this, right? Because even if they get replacement truckers, if you're not familiar with how to drive a big rig into the city of New York, you got another thing coming. Let me, (laughs) what, you you think I don't know what I'm talking, let me tell you, the other day, okay, I'm coming, I'm, I'm driving east on Harmon. Now, Harmon crosses over at a certain point, crosses over uh, the freeway, the 15, here in Las Vegas. Okay, and very recently, very recently, within the last 30 days, they uh, completed and opened some lanes that that come from the uh, carpool lanes that come up to Harmon. If you haven't driven by it, it's it's a big improvement because you can now – if you're dra- if you're uh, traveling, uh, let's see, if you're traveling northbound on the 15, you can get off on Harmon and you can go right or left. You can go east or west. And then you can get back on the freeway, but only to go south, only to go uh, toward L.A. 
Now, there was, it's a very, very sharp turn and a sharp corner. Mind you, it eventually will be only open, I believe, for HOV lanes. And I witnessed some idiot in a truck, in a, in a big, uh, you know, trailer truck who tried to make a right-hand turn. He was traveling eastbound, was intending to get on the freeway, made a right-hand turn, and he got his whole trailer stuck on and crumpled a portion of that corner there that was brand new. The concrete was probably barely dry. Just saying, I mean, not all truck drivers are created equal. You know, there's there's pros and then there's the B team. And so the guy's point here that he said, well, you know, yeah, sure, they're going to get guys to deliver, but it's going to be even better. It's going to turn into a hot mess because they're not going to know what to do in New York. They won't. And he's right. I've seen that. So, uh, yeah, tw- uh, dispatch telling one guy 20, 25 percent of our drivers have refused to take any loads into New York. City. This is just one example. And by the way, it's us conservatives uh, who, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we produce stuff, don't we? We work hard. We have money. We earn our keep. We pay taxes. I was planning, I was telling Ellen Stock this this morning, we were uh, planning a family trip, uh, conversing about doing a family trip to New York sometime soon. Uh, the girls, my, my daughters wanted to go. And, um, and we haven't uh, been there as a family. I've gone a few times with, with Sherry, but not we haven't been there all together. We were, we're talking about doing it. No way in hell am I going to New York and dropping what, you know, what amount to easily, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars on a on a trip. Forget it. I'll spend that money in Florida. Thank you very much. I'll spend that uh in places where they 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 like me. Right? I'm not gonna give money to people who do not like me that don't like, you know, a guy I voted for president. I know he's not perfect, but I voted for him twice and he's sure a hell of a lot better than the bozo that's in office right now. I think uh, I think this could have some legs and it could create an enormous amount of, of damage. So we'll we'll see. Now, meanwhile, of course, since Trump is the bad guy and Biden, you know, Biden, of course, is at least according to these people, a far better, uh, uh, you know, alternative. You have uh, you, you have this increasing noise about him, of course, stepping down in spite of the fact that he's such a great president. Every time I see one of those clips of it doesn't matter who it could be it it could be Gavin Newsom it can be uh, Kamala Harris it could be uh, Alejandra Mayorkas Biden is the best president he is so with it I had a I sat down and I had a two hour meeting with him who was that last week Amy Klobuchar. Biden is very sharp behind closed doors, is what Senator Amy Klobuchar said Sunday on Meet the Press. No, really, I'm not making this up. I was on uh, Air Force One with the president going from Minnesota to uh, Wisconsin for going from Washington, D.C. to Wisconsin for an infrastructure project. And I was with the president for over an hour and talked about so many things, domestic, international. He was focused, his recall was good. Um, And so I think that we've got to evaluate what's happening right now by one, what he has done, which is bring us out of this pandemic. 
first time that we're finally seeing negotiation of prescription drug prices and focused on what matters to the American people and compare what he is doing to what we've got as the alternative on the Republican <sighs> side, which is Donald Trump. That's Senator Amy do my freaking uh, laundry Klobuchar, right? She's famous for ordering her staff to uh, do all sorts of menial tasks for her. Not a favorite among Capitol Hill staffers, let me tell you. So Klobuchar, forget all the rest of the babble about the pandemic and about what's happening in American drug crisis. That's all. That is just fluff. Her first part of what she says here is that she was with him for an hour plus on Air Force One. They were flying from Minnesota to Washington and um, and that they had this wide-ranging conversation, right, that he was focused. His recall was good. Do you even believe that? Every time, and I mean every time, Joe Biden has been out and about publicly in the last four weeks, he has been anything but, uh, let's see, focused or had anything uh, that would remotely resemble good recall. So what this reminds me of, all I have in my head as an image is, you know, when you see uh, the uh, dictator of, uh, of North Korea, Kim, you know, rocket man, rocket boy, he'd be up there and, and he's there and he's surrounded by his generals and they're just all clapping. They're all clapping and they're just fawning over him. They're all fighting for who's going to clap the loudest so that uh, just by chance, you know, they're not caught slacking in their, you know, ad adoration for their leader. These people are all kissing up to this idea that Biden is in charge. Because for as long as Biden remains publicly perceived to be in charge, their agenda can progress if it if Biden's out to lunch, well, then the whole thing falls apart. They're terrified about the prospect. By the way, have to take a quick break here. I will tell you what the number one prospect is that they're terrified of. Well, it's two words. Kamala Harris, trust me, that's one of the leading reasons they are all lying through their teeth publicly over and over again and, 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 and falling over themselves to extol the oh, competency and, um, and, uh, and, and ability of, of, of President Biden. Because if, if that falls, if they get Kamala, they are all terrified of her. I'll explain when we return. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. In a crash, call Sam and Ash. 702-820-1234 because you deserve what's right. Rarely wrong, always right. Sam Rajofsky here. You're listening to the What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Uh, uh, before we get to Kamala Harris, just a, a quick little note here on the shooting in Kansas City last week, of course, uh, one person died. Several were injured, including kids. They were shot uh, by a bunch of gangbangers, and we still don't know exactly who they are. Well, we don't. Ann Coulter uh, came out and said, well, it's very simple. If the shooter is white, we're going to find out everything about them. 
uh, particularly if they're male and Republican. But if it, the shooter is a person of color, well, then you know, all bets are off. Or if they're trans, or if they're gay or Muslim, or whatever, you're not going to find out anything. Kyle Rittenhouse, who of course himself became uh, very well known over a shooting that was found to have been committed in self-defense, tweeted out, quote, I am trying to comprehend why the government was so quick to reveal my name after I defended myself, but they still haven't released the names of the Kansas City shooters. So media and police, by the way, are insisting the reason they won't name the shooters is because they're minors. Well, so was Kyle Rittenhouse. (laughs) They're just making it up as they go along. And they're spinning a narrative, right? They're in the narrative business. They have no interest in actually reporting any, any news. And you have to remember, too, that Kansas City... You probably think of Kansas as a uh, conservative state, but Kansas City is actually a blue city. Now, it's just amazing how uh, any place where liberals are allowed to take over, they turn to absolute garbage. So that's uh, that's the problem there. They've they've just they're going all in on protecting the identities of these people. And of course, there have been some reports that one of them was an illegal immigrant. That's not particularly good for the narrative. We're supposed to open our borders and enjoy the enhancements that diversity brings. So anyway, a story to follow, and it is, um, I think, uh, still developing. All right. No one, and I mean no one on the left wants Kamala Harris. Zero people want Kamala Harris. A Saturday, by the way, Kamala Harris gave an interview on MSNBC Andrea Mitchell, they were at the Munich Security Conference, and uh, and and Kamala. I've promised to bring you, uh, you know, her comments here in her in her own words uh, every day between now and when she becomes president, so that you know you get familiar with listening to her. Uh, this is this this is her trying to be uh, show some gravitas about uh, Putin and Trump and the need for world order and supporting our allies. Listen. The idea that the former president of the United States would say that he, quote, encourages, encourages a brutal dictator to invade our allies and that the United States of America would simply stand by and watch. No previous United States president, regardless of their party, has bowed down to a Russian dictator before. And now we are seeing an example of something I just believe that the American people would never support, which is a United States president, current or former, bowing down with those kinds of words and apparently an intention of conduct to a Russian dictator. Now let's remember, of course, that when Trump threatened Putin... Uh, with the bombing of Moscow, if uh, Putin were to even think about crossing the border into Ukraine, uh, this was, I believe, in 2018 or so, Trump was president, the media had an absolute uh, conniption fit about this. (laughs) How can somebody talk this way? This is so beyond the pale. This is terrible. 
And now, of course, the story is that, that Trump is bowing down to Putin. Now, you can say a lot of things about Trump that are valid criticisms. That he's bowing down to anybody is, is uh, not particularly persuasive. <laughs> but it's more in how she talks. This is, this is her actually delivering a, a relatively, uh, I mean, competent for her point. She's wrong through and through, but it, at least it didn't go around in circles. And it still is stunningly weak. It still is stunningly condescending and stupid. It's still terrible. It's almost like she takes stuff that Pelosi says and Biden says and throws it in and gives it her own little flair. It's, it's awful. Now, I'm mark my words. Every single person who has worked inside uh, the vice presidential office uh, in the last three years has come out of it uh, I, I, I just disgusted by her. Nobody likes her. People inside the Biden administration in the, in the West Wing, they do not like her. They do not like working with the vice president, and vice president's team at times is even openly hostile to her. She's condescending. She's rude. She's off-putting. She belittles people. She feels uh, has a bit of a persecution complex. Saw the news last week, multiple sources uh, saying that she uh, is allowing the comments over at Fox News to get in her head. I mean, I just, you know, a week doesn't go by that I don't get, you know, uh, people telling me how, you know, this, that, and the other about me. And I, you know, it's, it's, I, you have to take it as, as, as humorous, right? I, I, I know what I do. I know what I do well, and um, I'm very successful, and I'm, I'm very satisfied with myself. And so you have to have a certain amount of, of uh, resilience when it comes to criticism, particularly for morons, right? Like as a general rule, if I get a, a, an email from an absolute moron that is uh, listening to the program and it's – I mean it's a, it's a laughable. It goes up on the board and we all laugh at it because we, we – you know, we, we go, there's somebody who doesn't know anything. But she lets the criticism get into her head because she, of course, is fundamentally a very weak person. So the question now is, you know, what, what comes of this? And I think one of the indicators that they're terrified of this is they want Biden to hold on through the election. They want him to hold on, or at least for there to be some kind of a hangover. Well, a, you know, well not a hangover, a holdover, excuse me. They want, they, they would love, well, who, who was it? Was it the Daily Mail? Where was the piece, the most recent piece, Robbie? I have it here in my stack. Suggesting that uh, Biden uh, needs to step aside. There's, you know, well, Biden, yeah, mail, here we go. I, I pulled it up. Caitlin Corral, a U.S. political reporter for DailyMail.com, Biden should stand down if he can't run a normal reelection campaign. And this is all based on comments from Nate Silver, none other than the founder of 538 who claims now that uh, Biden is no longer the clear favorite to win in 24. That's right. Nate Silver said on Monday that Biden should stand down if he wasn't going to be able to run a normal re-election campaign. If you'd asked me a year ago, Nate Silver said, I would have told you that Joe Biden was a reasonably clear favorite in the event of a rematch against Trump. 
Now Silver argues it's time for the White House to put up or shut up. Now I'm going to make an argument here that a little more nuanced. If Kamala Harris was the best alternative to Joe Biden, Joe Biden, A, wouldn't be running, and B, if he were running, nobody would be fighting it, and everybody would be continuing to carry water for him in hopes that, well, this is simple. I mean, there's somebody in, in line who can take over. But now they're beginning to turn on him. There's still the few sycophantic people who can't figure out what to do. Do they support Biden? And, 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 and you know, obviously they don't want to run afoul of the Democratic machine. Or do we support some sort of a plan B? Now, Silver is a very connected, connected Democratic pollster. So this is another one of those canary in the mines, you know, some signs that there is panic breaking out on the other side. All right. Yes, top of the hour. Yeah, we'll get, got a lot to cover today. Don't worry, hang tight, folks. We'll get to it. Another hour of the What's Right Show up next. Brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law because you deserve what's right. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. All right, friends, this, I think, is important to hear for us in the U.S. uh, because it's happening around the world, and it is why the First Amendment matters. Sam Marjofsky, News Talk 840, you're listening to The What's Right Show. In France, they just passed a new law. It'll send you, this new law will, to jail for three years if you criticize the mRNA vaccines or gene therapy. According to this new French law, which was passed quietly, surreptitiously, through the French parliament last Wednesday, uh, any kind of pronouncements, public pronouncements, against mRNA or other treatments which are deemed suitable based on current medical knowledge. Think about that. If the quote-unquote experts tell you, this is good treatment, then you can get, what, a three-year prison sentence and up to a equivalent of about a $48,000 fine. Now, critics of the law, freedom fighters there in France uh, calling Article 4 of the new law, or they're calling it also Article Pfizer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's a threat to whistleblowers, right? Imagine... Let me tell you the number one problem with this, and, and I'm just saying this as a lawyer. I'm not even talking about this politically. As an attorney, people do, companies oftentimes engage in actual fraudulent activity. I'm not talking about Donald Trump kind of fraud. I'm saying there's real fraud in companies. They hide problems with their products, put products into the marketplace, not just drugs, but, you know, you know, cars and and whatnot. They put stuff out there that they know has an issue and people get hurt. Now, I'm a uh, kind of an opponent, a proponent here of, of that being dealt with in the courts, right? I'm not a big government kind of person, so I don't think that we need huge government agencies to protect us from bad actors. 
the founders of this country put in our Constitution the right to a jury trial if we suffer civil damages. And that allows we the people to hold big conglomerates, companies accountable. It, it, it evens out the playing field, at least in theory. But I've seen it in practice occur that way. Now, what happens when you have a system where coming out and criticizing, saying, hey, there's a problem here, and doing so publicly gets you jail time? What an enormously chilling effect that has on anyone coming forward and reporting any wrongdoing. This is what I tell you when I say that the new left, not just in this country, but across the world, the new left is, is, is uh, extremely illiberal, right? So that's, that's the scope. It's very illiberal. Um, and, um, and, and, they, they, and frankly, does this not reek of fascism, a state control of thought, of information? defense of a big government affiliated industries at the expense of individual rights it's terrible if we did not have the first amendment this law would be in place already here in this country mark my words it would be here because this is essentially what the democrats wanted to do and this is why they they so so uh, ferociously fought to have accounts like those of uh, Alex Berenson and others removed from Twitter, removed from Facebook, removed from Instagram, from YouTube. Yeah, Robbie's saying fascism means uh, it's just a term for Republicans I don't like. So it's not. <laughs> yes, right. So it doesn't it doesn't actually mean um it doesn't actually mean what I'm saying it means, right? It just means it's just a term that you use open-ended to criticize Republicans that you find distasteful, like Trump. Trump's a fascist. But the real fascists out there are the leftists. We don't, nor should we ever, seek to silence our enemies. There are plenty of people out there with whom I fundamentally disagree, okay? I want to hear from them. I think they have the same right to speak that I do. I think that the First Amendment is a great equalizer, and I think it protects our democracy better than anything else out there. So this is uh, this is absolutely wild. And and again, I, I mark my words. I absolutely they would want to do this uh, here if they could. Uh, by the way, very sad news. Speaking of real fascists, uh, the former CEO of YouTube had a, a terrible loss. Uh, her name is uh, Susan, I believe it's pronounced Wojcicki. Wojcicki, excuse me, Wojcicki, yes. Former YouTube CEO, her son passed away. Uh, not a moment to uh, to criticize her, I think, uh, but I, this, I, I did send the story, by the way, to my son who's in high school. And my wife, so kind of sent it out in a in a chat. You know what happened here? This guy is uh, this kid, nineteen years old. We we don't have all the details. Uh, he's at Berkeley. He's a student at Berkeley, uh, and um, apparently had um, uh, as believed to have been a a uh, a fentanyl OD. 
Now, the toxicology reports are going to take 30 days. Yeah. Folks, if you've got kids, if you've got grandkids, please, please, please. Uh, it's just, it's so important. This fentanyl garbage from China and from, from Mexico and elsewhere, it is in everything. I wouldn't, I'm telling my kid, don't touch anything. Don't touch any drug. Somebody offers you a pill. Oh, it's just going to make you feel good. You don't know what's in it. Coke, you know, it used to be, what's the worst thing that could be in Coke? A little rat poison, right? And I'm saying that, by the way, facetiously, right? But it, it used to be like that. What's it cut with? You know, maybe a little, some, some, some very harmful things that could create a lot of liver damage. You know, a speck too much of fentanyl will kill you on the spot. So did he try some cocaine? Did he take a pill? You know, I never, you know, when I was in, in, in college, admittedly, I'm, I'm ignorant of all this stuff, which makes me actually, I think, a very, a, a, it makes me very dangerous as a parent because I'm, you know, I, I didn't party like this. I didn't participate in any of this. And all I can tell my kids, and you know, if your kid doesn't listen to you about brushing their teeth, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Well, they're going to have bad breath the next day and maybe a cavity. But if they don't listen to you on this fentanyl stuff, they're gone. It's absolutely tragic. And there is a major, major disconnect, I believe, because this is a family clearly very well-to-do. Lots of means, you know, seems to be, a f from what I've seen in the reports, mom and dad are together. And I think there's a, there's a sense that, you know, these fentanyl deaths happen to, uh, you, know, you know, people who are down and out. And that is absolutely fundamentally not true. This can happen uh, on, you know, anywhere here in town in Las Vegas. It doesn't matter if it's at Bishop Gorman or the literally the skankiest high school out there. So please, friends, have that conversation with your kids. Find this news story about the YouTube CEO, who, former CEO who, who lost her son. Uh, drug OD, just there's toxicology tests are coming in, but you know, the, it, it, typically what happens in these cases, you know, 9.999 out of 10 times is fentanyl, fentanyl, fentanyl. It's absolutely frightening and it can happen to any one of us. So please, please, please talk to your kids over and over again. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840. The What's Right Show will continue in just a moment. Nikki Haley gave her state of the race speech. I think she already thinks she's president. Sam Rajofsky, News Talk 840. You're listening to the What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash. Injury Law, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Um, she's staying in. I know I was talking to Alan about it this morning, and you know he thought you know she was going to drop out. She's, what, 30 points plus? behind Donald Trump in her own home state. And she's hanging in there, and I think it'll come down to finances. As long as she's got money in her, in her bank account, she's going to press forward with this quixotic campaign of hers because she's able to sow discord on the Republican side, create problems for Trump, and that is precisely what her donors have tasked her to do. I just saw that former Obama CIA chief Michael Morell 
uh, donated to uh, Nikki Haley. This is making the uh, the rounds. Uh, what? Well, but that's it. I mean, she's getting a bunch of deep state Democrats to give her money. She's getting uh, funds from never Trumpers. I know that's been a big group of hers from the beginning, but a fundraiser she held last month raised millions for many high-ranking Democrats. Now, remember Morell. I have to point this out, is the guy who organized the Biden letter from 51 former spy chiefs lying about the Hunter Biden laptop. This guy's a criminal. Yeah, he's got a podcast called Intelligence Matters. And it's just deep state propaganda. It's all, 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 all there. It's completely unserious, you know, stuff. There was no insight there, for example, about the Afghanistan withdrawal months after it happened. There was like no, no criticism whatsoever. I mean, it's a guy who's outside of government now who could be commenting on it, but it's, it's just not credible, right? These are the people that support Nikki Haley. So I, Nikki Haley, she, yeah, but it's, you know, she'll stay in as long as they continue to fund her, and I think they'll continue to fund her for quite some time. Oh yeah, well, it's, I'm just I'm letting you know that's what happened, and uh, and and I I know there's a lot of conventional wisdom. If she didn't have people backing her, simply as a spoiler in the race, conventional wisdom would have it that with such a uh, I think obvious, stunning rebuke in her own own home state coming up, that she would drop out just to protect her own stock price you know it's gonna be very hard for her to credibly run again in the future for anything with getting you know getting shellacked in her own home state she keeps talking up about her experiences in south carolina when i was governor south carolina governor south carolina i grew up in south carolina all she does is talk about it and for her to be humiliated by trump she's gonna bill it as a victory by the way you you know she will so I, I think I, I think it's I think it's going to be um, you know I think it's going to be be crazy uh, for her to continue. Uh, so that's you know that's it. Um, by the way, you, there was there was unanimous agreement. Speaking of the election, that Biden should refuse to debate Trump on the View. Now they got they got to, the ladies of the View have decided. Under no circumstances should Biden debate Trump. The only debate I would like to see is him and Nikki Haley. If he would debate Nikki Haley, I would support that. I don't think Biden needs to since Donald Trump has done nothing to participate in this democracy since he lost. We know who Donald Trump is. I don't think you give him that type of platform. But also, if if Biden flubs, they'll be all over him. If Trump flubs, if he doesn't show up, they'll be all over him. But here's the thing. A lot has happened since 2020. January 6th hadn't happened. Donald Trump needs to have to stand next to Joe Biden. Joe Biden needs to call him out. But so we he, need Biden to- can lose, and he can lose in a debate. Trump will not. The people supporting Trump will support him whether he's there or not. But that's Biden his makes supporters. one mistake, and people that are undecided right. are out. Do- <laughs> he would, yes, but he he should debate Nikki Haley. They they wouldn't want him debating anybody, let alone Nikki Haley. The reason they're saying Nikki Haley is because all these people are rooting for her simply because she is fighting against Trump and, in their logic, is slowing Trump down. 
keep saying this, were Nikki Haley to suddenly, for whatever reason, prevail over Trump in the primary, become the Republican nominee, they would all turn on her. It would be like a flip of a switch. This is, uh, this, this is very predictable and has happened in the past. I'll uh, think maybe of, uh, let's see, McCain. Give you that example. Yeah, McCain. I mean, he was everybody fawning over McCain. It was McCain. It was great. We love McCain. Media, you know, war hero. And we Republicans go, okay, okay, we're going to go with the guy that the media likes. And then, surprise, surprise, the guy that the media likes got the nomination, and he picks who the media thinks he ought to pick. You ought to pick a woman. You ought to be a revolutionary. Pick a woman. I think you know the rest of that, right? Sarah Palin. That poor woman. I mean, <laughs> she was, I mean, it almost, did she get the Dan Quayle treatment? It was worse than the Dan Quayle treatment. She got massacred. And and was it fair? No. What's that, Robbie? Romney? Yeah, Romney. Romney was... They love Romney. The media loves Romney as long as he's criticizing Trump. They loved Romney. They thought Romney was a, a, a you know, a, a bipartisan, middle-of-the-road Republican. Exactly right. And then Romney got the nomination and uh, went head-to-head with Obama as Obama sought to secure a second term. And and that did not, uh, that was 2012, that did not go particularly well for Romney. And you know, the media mercilessly attacked him, bludgeoned him, basically. So, uh, what's that? The, uh, the Palin line about seeing Russia from her house? Yeah, that, that wasn't even a Palin line. That was, that was, yeah, that was Tina Fey playing Palin on CNN, excuse me, on SNL. And and it just got it 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 got a life of its own and spread by the media and everybody on the on the view. So again, if you're if you are a Republican and you are worried about Trump, I get it. Okay? I get it. Now but let me tell you, um I I am I I will tell you that, that the idea of Sarah Palin Sarah Palin uh, excuse me, <laughs> Nikki Haley will not get us across the finish line. Under no circumstances will she make that happen, and the reason uh, the the reason is is because uh, again, like most candidates, like as a matter of fact, very similar to Biden, uh, candidates who get where they are through the assistance of the media will come apart the minute the media will turn on them, and that's I think how we, of course, how this all works out in the end with Biden. At some point, the media turns on him. And and he'll it'll fall apart because it's it's all a house of uh, a cards, and the cards they use one after another are are lies and and deliberate omissions about the real condition of of him and of his ideas and of his uh, or the workings of his White House, etc. And then if you think, by the way, if you think that. Nikki Haley would make a great president. I mean, she might as well. We might as well elect a Democrat. So I think, in that sense, the Democrats are genuine in their compliments to her because I think they're absolutely uh, not that threatened by her politics. Okay, all right, we got to. Yeah, I know it's 
it's still raining. It's still raining and wet out there. Folks, be careful when you're driving on these mean streets of Las Vegas. People do not know how to operate their cars in the rain. They have no idea what they're doing. And for whatever reason, and I can't explain this to you, I don't know why, but they drive more aggressively in the rain. Have you seen this? People actually are more aggressive and more angry when they're in the rain. And when they do this, when they're, so they're, and it's wet, and their tires are bald, all, all of the above, yes. So when you're out there, when you're commuting, when you're picking your kids up from school today, please drive extra carefully, keep a distance behind you, look in your rearview mirror, keep an eye on what's, what's happening behind you, because a lot of times cars are just coming at you, they won't even stop, and if you can get out of the way, please make every effort to do so. And of course, if anything happens, to you or to a loved one and you need some help don't go at it alone don't just call the insurance company and have them tell you what they tell you get a second opinion get some legal advice get some independent help from sam and ash injury law 702-820-1234 because you deserve what's right sam rachofsky news talk 840 kxnt the what's right show will be back in a moment Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. Hi, welcome back. Your place for common sense conservatism, Monday through Friday, The What's Right Show, brought to you by Sam and Ash injury law. Uh, Here's a friendly reminder that I'm going to share with you as Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, and that is that this bill, uh, there's a bill, Democrats in California are pushing a new bill that will demand that insurance companies find out from their insureds, from their clients, who has what guns. That's what they want. So the insurance company, there would be a a, a mandate by the state that would uh, make it a a, a law that the insurance companies would have to find out from you. If you want to get insurance from them, you have to tell them what guns you have. It sounds an awful like like a, a lot like a state registry, doesn't it, Robbie? And see, these, um, this is a problem with, uh, Radicals, they, they, they disregard the law. This is fundamentally problematic. A long time ago, the Supreme Court ruled that registration of weapons, voluntary registration, which is actually kind of what this would be because you would have to, not voluntary, but you'd have to tell your insurance, in order to have insurance, you'd have to tell the insurance company what guns you have. And what if, for example, you were a longtime Nevadan? And you have firearms that are legal here, and you bring them to California, they're not legal in California. Now, as a matter of law, that's a problem. You shouldn't have those guns in California. It's a felony. So what happens if you have to report by order of the state to your insurance company? And by the way, they are then mandated to share that information with governmental authorities. What's the problem if they demand that you tell them that you have guns potentially that you don't own, that you're not supposed to own? Well, it's a violation, and it's where people get this wrong. It's not a Second Amendment violation. 
it's actually a Fifth Amendment violation because the Fifth Amendment gives you the right to not be forced to incriminate yourself. Right? You've seen the movies, right? You're in the court, the guy gets asked a question. You did you, where were you on the night of the and you don't want to lie under oath, but you say you say, I wish to assert my Fifth Amendment privilege. And um, that's it. You can't you can't they cannot compel you to testify against yourself. And so this uh, nineteen sixty-eight is that particular ruling. Uh, so that you know that's that's been decided. And I, but that won't stop. So, so what, what California will do is they'll pass the law. They'll pass the law. They'll, it'll maybe get to the governor. The governor right now, as you know, is trying to appear as a moderate. So he might, but he's big on, he's big on, 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 on guns. Trust me. If it were up to Gavin Newsom, uh, we would have all sorts of new gun rules in place. Uh, he wants to hold a constitutional convention. That's his big thing. It'll never happen. You'd have to get everybody together. It's, it's, it's an impossible task. But that's his big thing. We're going to get a constitutional convention and actually modify the Constitution and put in certain restrictions and prohibitions, for example, on so-called assault weapons. But anyway... Uh, so this that's just one of the latest things that California is attempting. Absolutely wild stuff. All right. Uh, I need to – I know, Rod, going to get to the clip. I know it's so good. CNN, you know, they're talking about – they're talking about Navalny. Uh, Alexei Navalny was killed. I'm convinced killed by Putin last week. Uh, Navalny was uh, in prison uh, in uh, one of the uh, northernmost – awful prisons that Russia has. Uh, I think it's just a few miles outside of the Arctic Circle. And his, you know, his, his wife, uh, widow, was speaking at the uh, Munich Security Conference over the weekend and uh, certainly blasted Putin correctly uh, from both barrels and, and, and called him a killer. There's uh, some suspicion that perhaps a novel and he was poisoned while in prison. The official story as of now is that he fell down and had some injuries from that fall. I don't buy it one bit. Now, CNN, this is how deranged they are. Maria Cardona, who is a commentator for CNN, this was yesterday, Monday, said um, that basically Putin killed Navalny because he was watching Trump, that Trump inspired Putin to do this. This is how insane these people are, listen. He admires Putin. And let's remember, during the whole arguments of presidential immunity, Donald Trump had his legal team argue that the president of the United States could have SEAL Team 6 go after and take out his political opponent and, and the president would have political immunity. Who's to say that that did not inspire Vladimir Putin to, at this moment in time, kill his most ardent opponent because he says one of the most powerful politicians in the United States of America is not going to say anything against this. In fact, he's going to admire me for it. And who's to say that in secret, or maybe not so in secret, when this happened, Donald Trump didn't say, you go, bro. I wish I could do that here. Who's going after who politically in this country? 
The problem with Maria Cardona and every Democrat that actually says this kind of garbage, who actually in this country, which political party is imprisoning its political opponents? Hint, it's not the Republicans. This is absolute, uh, this is wild. So I, she's, I, I don't know, she thinks that maybe Trump gave him a little like long distance fist bump and said, you go, you go, Vlad, you go. They've created a complete fiction in their minds about this. Who didn't invade anybody for the four years that he, you know, was in office? Who got North Korea to stop firing rockets? Who got North Korea to sit down and talk? Who got Putin to lower the temperature on his usually bellicose rhetoric? Wasn't Obama, and it wasn't certainly Joe Biden. These people are completely separated from reality here. They do not get it one bit. And they're, they, they absolutely need to lie about this Trump-Russia collusion nonsense, which, by the way, now last week we found out was completely created, was a, was a, a, a narrative uh, manufactured by the intelligence community here in the late hours of the, of the Obama presidency. And the same people that are saying that stuff are also telling us that uh, that Joe Biden is absolutely fine and nothing to see here. Mika Saturday uh, was this is her morning show. I, I it's got to be a real riveting bit of programming. Calls Biden the most successful president of the modern era. Listen a little closer. I'll tell you a secret. Joe Biden has a stutter, and you know what? When he's pissed off. Sometimes that stutter gets worse. And yeah, he, he walks <laughs> carefully. Call the cops. Somebody call the cops. It's a crime. The Republicans and bullies on Fox News say he can't even finish a sentence. He's so freaking old. Sometimes he seems, I don't know, what's the word? Um, ah, gosh, I'm, grasp- I'm so old. I, I'm grasping for it. Successful, wise, accomplished, and yes, this ain't his first rodeo. In fact, he may be the most accomplished president of the modern age. Is this a spoof? Like, is this, Robbie, is this real? Yeah, it's, I know it's real. I saw it, but I mean, this is, oh, she goes on. Yeah, he, go, here are all of Biden's accomplishments. And, but, but before I get to that, one second. So, again, my criticism and All criticism of Biden is not that he is so old. Nobody is criticizing him for being old. We're criticizing him for literally sundowning on camera for the world to see showing major signs of cognitive decline. His shuffling is the least problematic, though, you know, shaking hands with ghosts, I think, is a slightly more concerning thing than his shuffling. None of it. Absolutely none of it has anything to do with him being old. So Mika Brzezinski here goes on to explain what makes Biden, what has made Biden such a successful president. Here are a list of his numerous accomplishments. He signed 
the CHIPS Act, bringing semiconductors back to the U.S. He reunified NATO and beefed up the alliance. He bolstered troop presence in Poland, making the world safer for all of us. He's managing the war in the Middle East. And you, you know what? When the war broke out in October, Joe Biden flew to Israel and sat in on an Israeli war cabinet meeting. He also traveled to Kyiv ahead of the one-year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. President Biden made his way from Poland, embarking on a 10-hour train ride through the night. The danger level was high. It was a grueling journey. I'd like you to name another president who has traveled to two hot war zones in less than a year. You can't. Can you imagine Donald Trump? taking a 10-hour train to Kiev to visit the guy he tried to shake down to get dirt on the Biden family? Yeah, no. I actually think Biden was the one who benefited financially from his relationships in Ukraine. I'm just saying, uh, how many times a year did Bush travel to actual hot zones in the Middle East, in Iraq and in Afghanistan? She is a clown. It was Trump that strengthened NATO by getting them to pony up the cash to build up military strength throughout Europe because there's only so much we can do. And he got that. And you've heard, I mean, Jens Stoltenberg, who's the NATO secretary general, gives him credit for it to this day. Gave an interview a couple weeks ago. We played it right here. Grueling 10-hour He, Yeah, Joe Biden did go to an Israeli war cabinet meeting where he fell asleep. This stuff is absolute madness. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840, KXNT. You think Biden's inspiring? You think he's got main character energy? Charlemagne the God opines on this on Sunday, and it is hilarious. Be right back after this. All right, friends, yes, uh, not inspiring is one way to describe Biden leading up to the election. And, and, and look, I, 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 I'm very interested in this, right, because I talked to a number of Democrats who still try to convince me that, yeah, we, we're going to vote for Biden. We're excited to vote for Biden, and I just don't buy it. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right Show brought to you by Sam and Ash Injury Law. Yeah, I don't believe them. And I think it's just, I don't know what it is in, in, in you know, for the people out there making public pronouncements who are in politics or in the media. I understand that there uh, is a, a reluctance right now to undermine Biden until they have a clear alternative in place. I also think that they want to keep him bolstered up because they fear Kamala Harris stepping in. Uh, that's something that, that has them terrified. But the other part of this is I think once you get them, a lot of people out there, uh, libs, Democrats, realize he's not an inspiring guy. Charlemagne the God, who is a, kind of a, a popular commentator, not a political type, but he's got a following – certainly a left-wing guy, uh, said this about Biden. I think that, I think that when, when you get uh, people out there to actually speak candidly, you get more of this. Uh, so have a listen. He's just an uninspiring candidate. Like, you know, there's nothing about 
you know, Joe Biden that makes you want to listen to him. That's why he should be leaning on, you know, his vice president, Kamala Harris, who's way more charismatic than him. He should be le- leaning <laughs> on, you know, other surrogates like, you know, G- Gavin Newsom or, you know, Sh- Sh- Shapiro in, 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 P- in Pennsylvania. Like, he should be leaning on people who have are more inspiring than him, who are more charismatic than him. And he should just be, I guess, if you want to call it, the brains of the operation behind the scenes like that sounds crazy that we're saying that about a president of the united states of america but he he has no main character energy at all none can you imagine the state of disarray of the democratic party when they are actually openly speaking about having biden be the brains of the operation i've i've had people tell me this Look at all the great stuff he's done. Like, like what? Okay, Afghanistan, that was great. Uh, convinced Putin to invade Ukraine, that was great. The economy, oh, so the stock market's up a little bit. Um, okay. Uh, by the way, spending, one of the big stories here in Vegas, and I just was talking to a friend of mine in the gaming industry, uh, a gaming revenue way down in January. People are spending less It's going to be down this quarter. That's the prediction. Alarm bells will go off on this economy if people do not have the the extra income to go out and and have fun because they've maxed out their credit cards and uh, they've got their everything in life from their mortgage, their rent, gas, groceries, Essentials, everything costs more. So he's got that, he's got the economy. So what, what exactly has he done? The CHIPS Act, according to Mika Brzezinski. Yes, that's that's good stuff. All right. So he, you know, Charlemagne, I'm just bringing this to you. So more charismatic than him is Kamala Harris. Well, yeah, I mean, Kamala Harris is more charismatic compared to Joe Biden. I just think, I think she's deeply unlikable. I also think, by the way, folks, I, I don't think if you were to get if you were to get uh, Michelle Obama into the race, I, I don't know how likable she would be with the you know with the middle of the road voters that would you know be needed to get her over the hump. I, I don't think that she would be uh, she would be particularly likable. Uh, but I think, you know, I think a guy like Newsom actually could end up becoming uh, someone who, who gets traction. So that's 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 a concern. And there are probably other people in the wings that are that are thinking of themselves as, as potential backfills if it all comes apart. But for now, the train wreck that is the Biden reelection effort continues to lumber on down the track and uh, all bets are off. It's it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Now I want to mention something here before I forget. The there was some news over the weekend. There was a, a white supremacist march. Yeah, this was a, a white supremacist group out there uh, marching. It, it was where was this, Robbie? Uh, well, the group. Here's the issue with the group. The, the guy that. The guy that leads the group has gone on the record to say that he wants Biden to get reelected. And nobody, you know, his name, yeah, the, the leader of the group is called, his name is Christopher Polhouse. 
This was, yeah, Nashville. Thank you. It was it was in Nashville. Yeah, and there's I've, I've seen all these reactions from people saying, "Where's the media attention for this? Where's the media? How come we have literal Nazis marching in Nashville right now? And how are they not? This hate, this hate cannot stand. These vile Trumpists. This group has nothing, and I mean zero to do with the conservative movement, with MAGA, with with Trump." The guy, there's a great video of him saying, yeah, Biden, go for Biden. He's the one who's uh, sh- sending rockets to, to, uh, to Ukraine and, and, and we're, we support Ukraine. This is wackadoodle stuff. So that's the reason why you're not seeing that, uh, you know, on the media as, in the media as much, because they know if they start to put it out there, that video will begin to make the rounds and it'll backfire, blow up in their faces. Yeah, no, 100%. 100%. That's the straight scoop. Okay. All right. Well, we're, I know we're, we're out of time. It, it happens. Folks, I know. Well, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll, we'll get um, into the rest of the stuff. It, yeah, I know. It's the big surprise today. Nikki Haley hanging in there. She's going to keep, stay in the race. So uh, good luck with that, Nikki. All right, friends. Again, if you've, please be safe out there in the rain. It's, it's raining here. It's raining in California, raining everywhere. Uh, so just be safe, uh, be careful, keep a distance between yourself and the car in front of you, drive slowly, slow down, uh, and, um, and hopefully, you know, everything, everything works out. I just really want to make sure you all stay safe out there. Of course, you can email me, sam at samandashlaw.com, sam at samandashlaw.com. And of course, um, if you do have a case to review with Sam and Ash Injury Law, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. All right, friends, have a wonderful day. Stay dry, and I'll see you again tomorrow.